you have leverage with this person. You just don't believe you do. And if you take the time to sit back, figure out your situation, figure out what they are going to say or do or push for or push against, maybe more importantly, you've got leverage. You've got to know who you're dealing with. And once you know that, you will leverage an outcome. And I've seen so many successful outcomes once people see that they have leverage. For pressing play on today's podcast episode. It's a conversation with Mia Medafri, and I have to say straight up, I wish that I knew of Mia far sooner. Like she's only just sort of come into my orbit recently. And if I could turn back time, I certainly would have engaged her services. And I think anyone who is going through a separation and perhaps finding elements of that separation difficult, challenging, exhausting, depleting, soul-destroying, all of those things that unfortunately separations often are, Mia is cutting through some of the most challenging elements. And she's cutting through in a really effective and needed way. I will let Mia explain more about what it is that she does because she's far better at it. But for some context, Mia is a lawyer and she's the founder and director of Grey Rock Consulting. Grey Rock Consulting supports you with hands-on guidance in navigating communications with controlling narcissistic or high-conflict personalities in order to go no contact, to create boundaries, or to communicate where you have to. And so often in separations, you do have to continue communicating with the person you're separating from. And of course, in a perfect world, how I think every single one of us wishes things could and would unfold, you'd have a really easy dynamic with your ex-partner, especially if you're raising kids together, but it's simply not always the reality. And sometimes it's well out of your realm of control. So Mia is a proud mum. She is experienced in navigating communications. As I mentioned, she spent her career as a lawyer navigating those complex disputes across a variety of sectors, including engineering and infrastructure. But you will hear Mia speak and you'll be like, yep, she's right where she needs to be. And that is supporting women in this really unique way. So during our conversation today, we chat about narcissism, we chat about parallel parenting in you know opposition, I guess, to co-parenting, communications, the grey rock technique. There's a lot in this conversation. And for anyone who's listening to this introduction and thinking, oh, maybe this is not, you know, applicable to my life. Thankfully, like I'm glad that it's not going to be applicable to every single person's life right now in that dynamic of parallel parenting or separation. But the elements, like the actual core of this conversation can be applied to so many challenging dynamics. 
Originally, when Mia and I scheduled this interview, I said to her, let's do one episode focusing on the parallel parenting and the X stuff, and let's do another episode chatting about really tricky family dynamics, whether that's, you know, a strained relationship with your mother-in-law or your sister or someone at work, even like outside of those family dynamics. But after we finished recording this episode, I said to Mia, I think we've probably covered enough in terms of boundaries and communication and protecting yourself and the techniques to do so that it's certainly applicable to those other elements So yes, we are focusing on how challenging and soul-destroying it can be at times to feel like someone is really overstepping your boundaries, but that's also really common, unfortunately. I was going to say really normal, but it's not normal, but it is common in family dynamics as well. So have a listen to this episode. Please send it on to anyone who is potentially going through a challenging situation with someone who is really, really difficult to deal with. If you're trying to reason with someone who is unreasonable, this is an episode for you. So as I mentioned, Mia does have a consulting business. It is called Grey Rock Consulting and all of the details to get in touch with Mia are in our show notes. And lastly, before we get into my chat with Mia, if you enjoy this style of episode, please let me know. Your feedback makes all of the difference in terms of planning and reaching out to other guests. So if this is one that you're like, oh, bing, 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 there's little things I'm going to hang on to from this episode, this conversation, please do slide into my direct messages. You can find me over on Instagram at Kylie Lately, and it truly makes a difference. Just quickly, a word from today's sponsors. Unless, of course, you're one of our Venti members. In that case, there are no ads and your episode is about to keep playing. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mia, thanks so much for taking time out of your day. I have been looking forward to untangling this tricky topic with you. Thank you so much for having me. I'm very excited to be here. So we're going to chat about narcissism, we're going to chat about communication, boundaries, I'm sure, and also a bit of parallel parenting. Now, the term parallel parenting is something that I've only started using for myself in the last couple of months, and I think it might be helpful for our listeners if we unpack what that terminology actually means. Yeah, absolutely. So we all are aware of co-parenting, and we'd all love to be in co-parenting situations, Because that is where you have two reasonable people who are absolutely putting the children first and their best interests first. And you're working together, you're making important decisions, day-to-day decisions together for the best interests of your children generally. Um, You know, when you are in the territory of high-conflict personalities or controlling personalities, narcissistic personalities, it just is not possible. And I don't 
say that to sound negative, but it is the truth. It's just not possible. I once heard it described as parenting with an elephant on your back. And that's what it is like. You are continually carrying this load and you can't shake it. So parallel parenting is a reference to where your parenting approaches are your own approach when you have your children. There's no, you know, um, can we change things around over here or what should we do over here in terms of discipline? Let's get on the same page because it just can't happen. So you are literally parenting in parallel. You don't cross over, you don't connect, you don't touch. It is you stay in your own lanes. You know, it's not ideal, but it's what you have to do in these situations, unfortunately. It's a really hard thing to get your head around as a parent. You know, I think for any parent, it's a hard thing to get your head around. And particularly if you happen to be the primary parent, because all of a sudden you find yourself in a situation where you have to really relinquish a lot of control. And you often find yourself in the situation whereby you're the one picking up the pieces all Mm -hmm. the time. And you just think, Mm -hmm. oh, I just wish we could have this uniform approach and it would be so much easier if everything was like ABC, but it can't be. And I think that it's Mm -hmm. really important that you share that information, Mia, like just the simple fact that you cannot, like you cannot co-parent with someone successfully when they are continually bullying you, treating you poorly, trying to control you because Mm -hmm. It's impossible and the goalposts are always moving. Yes. And it's so tricky because you as a person don't function like that. So to truly understand, and one of the biggest steps in all of this is and accept who they are, it's actually really, really tricky because it's so out of the realms of who you are and how you would operate. But, you know, you keep touching the stove and you get burnt, you ultimately come to learn, I get burnt every time I do this. And so you have to do things differently. And there's a grieving process involved in that because you really don't want it to be that way, but it is the way that you will maintain your sanity, your well-being, and looking after your kids the best way that you possibly can. There definitely is a grieving process. I think you also tend to grieve the person that you built them up to be in your mind because maybe you had to as a coping strategy or maybe they just never revealed that side of themselves to you. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I also wonder if many women get in touch with you, Mia, and say, I find it so hard to actually accept that my ex is this way because what does that say about me? Like who Mm -hmm. am I for choosing someone like that? Yeah, it's a huge journey and there's so many elements to it in order to, you know, get through it, um, heal, build a life for yourself. That it's so there's so many facets to it. You know, the reality is is you have probably what's well, twofold. You you've you've seen the potential in them, which we all do as human beings, but they don't meet you with a sign on their forehead that says I'm going to actively manipulate you and I'm going to trick you and I'm going to tell you that I am the most wonderful person going round and then once you believe it, I'm going to flip it on you and I'm going to make you feel like a shell of yourself until you don't know which way is left or right. It's going to be great. Do you want to join? I mean, if only, if only they did that. You know, I often say, you know, you remember the medieval times where they wear like body armour, the full metal plates, head, the whole lot. 
if you think of them in that context, that they are wearing this full body armour because there is no way known that they will go inside, that they will reflect, that they will take accountability, that they won't do it. So they are deeply, deeply, deeply insecure. They're operating from shame, which is a very low level to operate from, and they need validation, but they can't go inwards for their validation, which is the most healthy way to get your validation. It's all external. So on goes the body armour, so nothing can get through, including them. They will not go internal either. And everything comes from the external, everything, the compliments, the confidence, the job, you know, their friendships, everything must come from the external. So, so often I have clients say, I'm so silly. I'm so stupid. I can't believe I didn't see this. I can't believe this and I can't believe that. And why did I, why did they do this to me? You know, and the reality is these people pick the most wonderful shining stars, the empathetic humans, because they have all these qualities that they don't have and they want. So they don't pick you because you're silly or because you're dumb or because you can't see anything. They pick you because you shine so brightly and they want to extract all of that from you. That's why. Which makes so much sense because the core of the you know word narcissist comes from the the myth mythological god. I can't even remember yes. narcissist. However, however his name is said, yes. and it's all about his own reflection, right? He, he yes. met his end because he was looking at his reflection. So just hearing you say, Mia, like, oh, a narcissist will choose you because you are mirroring back to them what it is they wish they had. Yes. So yes. rather than beating yourself up and going, oh, I'm such a, such a foolish person for not seeing it, it's like, no, no, I was targeted. Yes, that is absolutely correct. Um, they are looking for someone exactly like you, that bright light, you know, you're empathetic, you're kind, you're caring, you're giving, you have all these wonderful traits. That's why they target you. Not because you're silly, not because there's something wrong with you. You have all the things that they lack. And then the saddest part in all of it is they extract all of that from you because it makes them feel good. But in the process, they then leave you as a shell of yourself. You don't know who you are anymore. You're second guessing everything because you've been gaslighted like there's no tomorrow. You know, you're now feeling guilty and shame for things that they probably did, not you. And it's just, it's a really insidious process. The, one of the bigger problems is where it is psychological and emotional abuse. The wounds and the scars are invisible. You don't see them, but it is warfare and it really, it's like an emotional vampire. They suck everything out of you. It's awful, awful. I think it's a bit like death by a thousand cuts, right? Because it's all these little paper cuts that add up and over the space of years it just wears you down and then when you're going through something really challenging like a separation and things are on the line like perhaps you're trying to work through your financial settlement or your custody settlement that tends to really exacerbate and amplify all of these sorts of traits and I would yes. love to know Mia in your experience when someone is going through a separation with someone who is showing signs of narcissistic personality disorder 
what sorts of challenges will they be facing? Because I think yeah. sometimes it can get a bit blurry, like, oh, people go, oh, yeah, that's normal. Like, that's normal. That's how men are in divorce. Um, and then we also have the other end of it where it's like, no, that's actually coercive control and that is abuse. But I'd love yes. to know in your experience, what sort of things might someone be going through? Yeah, it, it's a really important topic because something that is so critical to remember is narcissistic personality disorder is a mental health condition and it is diagnosed by mental health professionals but it's rare because in order to be diagnosed you must think that there's something wrong and a lot of them don't think there is anything wrong with them so you you'll start to hear now people are getting a bit sick of the word narcissist oh everyone's a narcissist you know so for me, NPD is a diagnosis, and if they're not diagnosed, then strictly speaking, you should not call them a narcissist. If you're going into court and mediation, do not call them a narcissist. On the other hand, there is narcissism, which is the traits. It's not a diagnosis. So one of your biggest strengths is going to be focusing on the behaviours and the patterns of the behaviours. Don't worry about the title, and don't title them unless they are diagnosed when you're in that forum. So focus on the behaviours. You know, you're right. To someone on the outside, they'd be like, oh, that doesn't really matter. But it's because it's happened a thousand times and you know exactly what they're up to. So what you really have to remember in this context is, you know, when a marriage falls apart or when you are fighting about finances or custody, they are emotional issues. We're all humans and we get angry, we get sad, we get upset, etc. So the difference between a healthy reaction to a not so healthy reaction is maybe, you know, and I say I refer to a man because, yes, there are narcissistic women, but a majority of the time I'm dealing with women who have left narcissistic men. Um, you know, if you are dealing with a man who's heartbroken because his marriage is falling apart and he says something in anger, that healthy man will turn around and go, do you know what? I'm so sorry. I lashed out because I was really upset sorry, can we get back to talking about it? I just got a bit upset. When you're dealing with a high conflict or controlling personality, you won't get any of that. You won't get any reflection, apology, accountability, nothing. In fact, you'll probably get blamed for them screaming that it'll all be your fault. So that's that's one of the key differences is someone who does the wrong thing and then plays the victim. We're in a different kettle of fish over there then. So when you're in this arena you're not dealing with a reasonable person. You know, unfortunately, our legal system is built on the reasonable person and what they would do. You're not dealing with a reasonable person. You're not dealing with someone who actually wants to resolve a single thing, and that's a really hard pill to swallow. The reason being, a lot of people think that these personalities want to win. They do. They feel great when they win, but it's not their main driver. Their main driver is something that they refer to as narcissistic supply. And what that is, is it's the external that feeds them. It's like petrol for a car. You know, if your car has no fuel, it's not starting. This is what it is. And there's two levels of it. There's the top shelf stuff, which is who their friends are, the job they've got, the income they're making. Could all be lies, but to the outside, this pumps their wheels. They look good. They're like, yeah, look at me. I've got celebrity friends, all that sort of stuff. Then you've got the low-level stuff, which is lies, threats, manipulation, bullying. It all is awful stuff, but it still feeds them. That's what they want. So they fight dirty, 
They don't want to reach an agreement. They want to drag things out. Why? Because it gets your attention for longer. Good, bad or ugly. I'm so glad you mentioned the winning thing because I know people personally who have had the experience of going into mediation that has actually been something that the other person has said that they want and then getting into mediation, but the other person is refusing, like literally refusing to engage in the mediation. And it's like, well, hang on, don't you want to win? Like, don't you want to get your outcome across the line? And it's like, oh, wait, no, it kind of just feels like this, you know, game of control. Like, let me put you in this situation and keep Mm -hmm. you in this situation because as long as as possible, because as you said, that is fuel for their fire. Look, it really is. And, and, you know, I have to say as well, when I look at the legal system, it makes sense, you know, that they want parties to try mediation or other forms of dispute resolution before ending up in court. It makes complete sense. Court is expensive. It's emotionally consuming, time consuming. The list goes on. It's an awful place to be. But when you are put into forums to try and reach a compromise, with a personality like this, it is so difficult. So you really have to change your mindset around, there are tips and tricks for mediations with personalities like this. There's also, you have to be strategic. People don't like that that word. It almost makes them feel like they're up to no good or they're doing something underhanded. You're not, because there is a way to win and to get an outcome, but you have to have a, 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 a strategy You can't just go in and say, but I really want this because guess what they're going to do as soon as they know what you want? Last thing they'll give you. What are some of the elements of that strategy that you would recommend people consider? So what you really need to do is you need to sit back. There's so many elements to this. First of all, you need to decide where do I want to end up at the end of all of this? What is my guiding compass for every single thing I do in this process? It has nothing to do with them. If your guiding compass is... I want him to to know what he's done to all of us. No, your guiding compass, and it can be more than one thing, whether it's I want what's best for the children or I want a fair financial settlement, whatever it is, it's got nothing to do with them and everything to do with you. It doesn't change and it guides every one of your decisions. Then you have your strategy. Now, depending on what situation it is, you will sit down and go through everything, your assets, your liabilities, your custody, everything your worst case scenario, your best case, you're also going to do it for them because you're going to anticipate what they are going to say and do. Then you're going to find your leverage and this is one of the critical parts that everyone forgets. You have leverage with this person. You just don't believe you do. And if you take the time to sit back, figure out your situation, figure out what they are going to say or do or push for or push against, maybe more importantly, You've got leverage. You've got to know who you're dealing with. And once you know that, you will leverage an outcome. And I've seen so many successful outcomes once people see that they have leverage. And then you put it all into action. It's really interesting to think about words like strategy and leverage Mm -hmm. when it comes to communicating someone that you've built a life with. really confronting when you're actually in that situation where you're like oh my gosh I am not dealing with someone who is going to treat me like someone that they've built a life with and I think that's a really shocking realization that so many women go through when it's like 
oh my gosh, I thought that if we were going to separate, that person would still be the sort of person that would bring my bin up on a Thursday night and those sorts of things. Mm -hmm. Only find yourself in this dynamic where it's like, oh my gosh, that person actually wants to cause me harm emotionally, mentally, maybe even physically, if we're talking in the realms of domestic violence. But it's such a confronting thing to find yourself in this sort of dynamic. What do you recommend people do to just, I guess, keep their sanity intact? Yeah, it's heartbreaking because there's a huge emotional component to this that everyone forgets. You've got lawyers who want stuff from you. You've got kids that need to be dressed and dropped off to school. You've got a career and there's this huge emotional part where your heart is literally broken and you're looking at this person and you're pleading, why are you doing this? You know, this is not the person I know and all these sorts of things. Do you know what's really sad? They thrive off that, thrive, because you are either for them or you are against them. And as soon as you make the decision or they make the decision that it's over, you are then against them. And there's no in-between. This is how they function. And it's, I'm now at risk that you've seen me. I'm now at risk that you might tell other people who I truly am. This is like too much for them. So they will do everything to protect that perfect image that they put out there to their boss, to their friends, to the community, whatever it might be, they will do everything. It's one thing to hear that and logically understand it. It's another to emotionally process it. So I strongly recommend people get support, whether that is, you know, psychology, kinesiology, reading everything under the sun to understand. There's so many wonderful resources out there around the the psychology and healing from it. It's going to make you so much stronger on all fronts because, you know, it's a battle that you've got ahead of you and you've got to be strong yourself. Yeah, because it's, as you said, it's one thing to logically understand, okay, I know why that person is acting in that way and I know it's not about me. It's another thing to process it. You're going potentially through the legal system. You're dividing everything up. But then you also have to share kids with them if you've got children. And that is a whole other ball game because all of a sudden, you know, you're probably sharing custody of your children and that's confronting because you're so used to having them. But then if you don't have communication and you are having to relinquish control and you Mm -hmm. perhaps feel that your ex is using your children to get to you, that is just like the most painful thing I think that you can go through. Yeah. It really is. And it's such an adjustment because you really do have to accept that when your children are there, there are certain things that are out of your control and you have to be okay with that. It's so hard because we've got, we are hardwired to protect them and do everything for them. Um, You know, people often say, I really want them to know what they've done to me. I really want karma and justice and all these things. Revenge, the best revenge you can get against a personality like this is no revenge and it is your own happiness and strength and growth because they will hate to see it. They want to bring you down. Get out of that vortex of wanting something to, you know, karma or whatever it is. Let karma do its job. Let them do what they do all by themselves. 
get out of that and get in your lane because the best thing you can do is work on yourself and thrive. They will hate that, but it's about you. When it comes to parallel parenting, Mia, do you have any specific tips for our listeners that they can actually take an action in terms of, you know, how should they communicate moving forward with someone who's making their life really hard? And how do you keep your children's health and wellness and emotional health at the centre when there Mm -hmm. is someone involved in their life who will happily step on them to get to you? Yes. So, you know, I often say it's not about the children. They're not doing all of this for the children. They're doing it to get to you. Again, another horrible reality. Um, The communications is one of the most awful, murky, sticky mud pits that people have to deal with because the courts don't care, you know, everyday society don't care about how many emails you're getting, you know, all those sorts of things. But when you're getting them, it can be overwhelming, you can lose days in tears, worried, all sorts of things. It is awful, 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 awful. So when parallel parenting you know, we are not in the arena of let's work together and be flexible, all right, you take them, choose it. No, you are well and truly out of that arena. So you need something in writing, whether it's a parenting plan, whether it's court orders, whatever it is, you need, you need something in writing and you need to be specific. How important is it then to have really consistent custody days? Very important. You're not going to get flexibility at all or any accommodations what you will get is someone trying to bend the rules all the time to suit themselves so you really need to you know boundaries are like kryptonite to these personalities you know they hate a boundary and if you're firm in your boundary oh they can't bear it so having things in writing and when I say specific I mean be specific I've seen court orders that will name the doctor the children must see because they know that the other parent is going to try and sabotage that whole relationship and send them off somewhere else. I mean, you have to be specific. One of the worst things in in parenting plans and orders, which it's hard because sometimes there's no other way around it, is when you say, you know, uh, Johnny and Georgia will go to a school to be agreed between the parents. Oh, my gosh, to be agreed, to be agreed. No, so you really need specific orders and parent or parenting plans and you need to set up your relationship with this person the way you want it to end. And by that I mean you're probably going to have to start off at the beginning when they say, saying, oh, look, you know, can we swap these things around because I've got a date to go on? <laughs> I laugh, but it's happened. Um, you know, and you say, very matter of fact, Pursuant to our parenting plan, you know, you could say something like, I look forward to the stage where we can be a bit more flexible and accommodating, but where things are currently at, I'm going to stick to the parenting plan and you have Johnny on Georgia on those nights. And that's it. Now, they'll bark at you and they'll accuse you of all sorts, but you just keep repeating the same line over and over again. You've got to be very, very clear um, and it's really hard to do. And then in that dynamic, something I know people that have, I know people have experienced this, whereby they will be like strong and firm in their boundary and say, no, we'll use this for an example. Sorry, I can't have Johnny and Georgia tonight while you go out on a date. 
then that person will say, okay, no worries, I'll get so-and-so to have them. And -and so-and-so might be someone that they've met for all of 10 minutes. And then as the mother, you find yourself going, well, fuck, it would be better if the kids were with me tonight instead of that stranger that they don't know or that they don't like. So then you do fold because you have the kids' best interests at heart. And that's mm-hmm. something I've struggled with personally is continually folding yes. myself over and over and over and over again because I'm like, mm-hmm. I'll protect them, I'll protect them, I'll protect them. Mm-hmm. And I that's what I've done. And I know that it's like your mum heart is so hard to ignore. And then yes. at the same time, it's like, no, if you keep doing that, then they know that you will keep doing that and it goes you on forever was, more. Yeah. I was, I was also thinking that in their response, they'll also say, you just don't want me to go out on a date, you know, like all those sorts of wild and mucky things, which you do not respond to. You've got to become an expert of crossing out the stuff that's just rubbish and noise. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Um, I was thinking the other day, what do you do when your North Star or your guiding compass clashes with your boundary? which is this exact situation. This is my life. This is my whole life. (laughs) So in that scenario, because it absolutely happens. Now, more often than not, they are playing games with you in this example because they know that you'll be like, over my dead body, are they staying with that stranger, right? So, oh, gosh, this has happened so many times. If you are going to turn around, if you see that and you go, it is not in my child's interest to stay with a stranger, if it's with someone you don't know or, what you know, it might be with someone that you know that you're like, look, this is not ideal, but they're going to be okay. If it's not like that and you're like, I genuinely am not comfortable with that and you turn around and you say, I don't think that's okay, they don't know them, on that basis I will take them, you get to a place yourself where you accept they might be messing with me here, but my number one is helping those children navigate this situation so I am okay with doing this because it's for that reason. It's not you're bending to suit them. You're doing it because it's for your children. And as long as you accept that, you might see, you know, I've had times where they then see them the next day, I don't know, at a school event or sport event, and they overhear them talking and, it's got, and, and they didn't do the night before what they said they were doing. You know, they do these things on purpose But as long as you know I made the decision for this reason, then you are good. How do you recommend parents support their kids when this sort of stuff is happening? Because as a child, you idealise your parents, you identify that you are part of your parents. So we know that we can't go around talking poorly of their other parent when we're reasonable and we're a healthy Mm -hmm. parent. We know that. But what happens when the person you are parallel parenting with does talk poorly about you or does do things that, you know, upsets your children. How do you Mm -hmm. recommend we support our kids through that? It's such an awful, awful, awful area and it's so prevalent. 
Um, and my heart breaks for everyone dealing with it because it is horrific. Children don't deserve this. Um, but you are walking a fine line between you absolutely do not badmouth that parent to your children. That is not fair to them at all. And if the other parent decides to do that, well, in time, that's going to backfire. In time, though, you know, it doesn't happen overnight because, as you say, we all love our mum and dad. It, it, show me a child that's grown up and not seen maybe some of the faults or flaws in their parents. It's really hard. So you do not badmouth them at all. Like, just do not do it. There's certain things that your kids also don't need to deal with. Like, oh, is your jacket at mum's house or dad's house? Or can you, don't weigh them down with this sort of stuff, right? Let them be kids. When I say a fine line, you also don't want to inadvertently end up gaslighting your children as well. And what I mean by that is, I haven't had a client yet that hasn't said to me, gosh, looking back, you know, there were these red flags or looking back, something felt off. So we have all silenced our intuition to be in these relationships. Haven't met a person yet that disagrees with that. You go, oh, there were times where I wasn't too sure or something didn't feel right. Whatever you want to call it, your gut, your instinct, your intuition, it is never, ever, ever, ever wrong. We just silence it. So we've done that. We don't want to do it to our children. So if our children come back and they say, oh, you know, um, I got, you know, really upset because um, we were meant to go somewhere and dad just sat on his phone the whole day, right? You don't, sometimes coming from a good place, people will say, oh, look, maybe something urgent came up at work and he really had to deal with it and things like that because just trying to sort of soften that blow. What you can instead do is just validate what they've told you, which is that sounds like it would have been really frustrating or, you know, I understand that that would have been frustrating. And that's it. You don't need to fix it. You don't need to tell them it's right or wrong. Dad shouldn't have done it. Nothing, nothing. And by validating their feelings, you're building their intuition to trust their gut. It is a massive gift that you can give them. The flip to all of that is if they come back to you and said, you know, Dad said that you won't let me do this and you won't let me do that and you said this and you're like, like mind blowing because you never said it and you never did it. A natural reaction is to defend. I never said that. No, 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 that's not what happened. It is one of the worst reactions we can have. And I don't mean that in a critical way because we're humans and, and you're like upset, right? You need to remember it's not coming from your children. It's coming from the other parent and they're using your children. So the best thing you can do in that situation is not defend, not justify, not explain yourself because you actually inadvertently hand power over to your children, you know, and you can always say things like, oh, okay, it sounds like Dad was really angry and he was saying some things that he may not have meant. You're not bad-mouthing him. You're just calling it for what it is, you know, or you can say, oh, okay, well, you know, actually with that particular situation, Dad and I need to um, figure out if it's going to work because you've got another after-school activity and I'm not sure if we're going to be able to get you there. So we're just working that through. Full stop. One of the most challenging things we experience as parents, in my opinion, 
is allowing our kids to face adversity and it's particularly hard when that adversity is coming from inside the home or inside the homes because we want to keep our kids safe and I know that I've I've spent so many hours uh crying Mm -hmm. I've spent so Mm -hmm. much time worrying over adversity that the kids have faced due to a separation Mm -hmm. and I've had to get to a point where I'm like this is their life experience and this adversity is going to shape them in one way or another yes. and we all go through adversity yes Every do you know what hair stood up my, on my arms then I just got goosebumps as you were talking because it just resonates so deeply um and you are right we have that natural instinct to protect a couple of things on that you know for all of our mental well-being out there as parents who are in this boat is, you know, all the research has shown that children need one, one stable, consistent, secure parent, one. So if that means you're carrying that elephant on your back, carry it. Be that stable, consistent, secure parent. Another part of it is your child is going to grow into an adult and they are going to come across difficult situations, difficult personalities, whether it be in love, in the workplace, Uh, you know, in their extracurricular activities at school, you can't stop that. So one way of looking at it is I'm giving them the tools now to put them in a position as they grow to see what is in front of them and to know how to navigate it without it being at the detriment to themselves. So this isn't all in vain. This isn't to punish you for something. And that's really hard to accept when you're in the thick of it, really hard. But you really have an ability here to raise an emotionally healthy and secure child because they've watched you leave a scenario or a situation that wasn't loving and secure and healthy. You didn't stay in it thinking it might help them. You got out of it. You've looked after them. And you're also giving them the tools to navigate these things as they get older you know, what a wonderful gift for them if you can flip it that way. I know some people will hear that and go, what, a gift? No. But when you get there, it's liberating. It really is. Something I found particularly liberating and helpful with that mum guilt that I've certainly experienced and I know I will continue to experience on and off was to sort of think about how I was feeling responsible for their experience And to go, you know what, I'm going to just put this responsibility down and letting go of that responsible, I guess, sensation I was experiencing with that guilt, it's all tied in together and going, Mm -hmm. you know what, I'm going to put the responsible piece down and doing that actually made me response able. I was able to respond better to the kids, to what they were going through, because whilst I'm holding on to this, you know, stick of dynamite feeling like I'm responsible, I'm responsible, it's all so bad, I was finding it harder to actually meet them where they were and respond in the way that I know they need me to. So actually shelving that guilt that I was carrying was like, oh, I can respond much better if I do that and accept that, yeah, adversity is part of their story. It's part of their childhood. Everyone goes through adversity. I often say to the boys, people either go through really hard stuff in their childhood or then they 
face it in high school or they face it as adults. You know, like we're getting through some of the hard stuff now and it is going to prepare you for challenges later. Yes, I think, you know, the universe always puts lessons in front of us until we learn them and no one can can skip it or avoid it or, or hide from it. And you're right, it happens in everyone's life at some point. It also passes. You know, bad things happen and they pass. Good things happen and they pass. So you're not in it forever. But you just said then meet them where they're at. And it is so important because they will be angry. They will be frustrated. They will be sad. And as long as you know, I've made the decision that is right for me and for my children, you release the guilt, the shame, all those awful emotions that, that, like you say, made you come from a place that didn't help them. And you're like, no, my, my, I'm good with my decision. It was the right decision for all of us. You know, when they come to you and the reality is you will cop their emotions because they feel safe with you. So then again, you're like, this is not fair. Why am I getting all of this? Know that they feel safe with you. When they come back and they're angry or they're frustrated, again, it's like, I can see you're really frustrated. I know it's really tricky being between two homes that have got probably two different sets of rules. I get it. You know, and if they say, no, you don't, if they're older, no, you don't get it because you don't have to do it. You're like, you're right. I don't get it because I don't have to do it, but I can see how it would be really tricky. That's it. You know, that validation for them is gold. They're not wrong. You're not fixing. You're not putting their father down or their mother down. None of it. It's so empowering for them. In terms of moving into a new relationship, if you do have a really high conflict situation happening with your ex do you have any words of wisdom for safeguarding a new partnership yeah and that's it's such a tricky territory isn't it because naturally so you're fearful you're fearful of being tricked again you're fearful of not seeing something but you also don't want to sit at the table and if they sneeze you're like oh gosh red flag I'm out you you know it, it, it just it can't be like that's not healthy You know, a really powerful thing that I say to all my clients is you've got to do the work on you, your healing, which is not to blame. What happened is not their fault. But that healing so that it doesn't pop up and reappear in your next relationship in all sorts of weird ways, because it will. It will. All those subconscious patterns and fears will pop up. And you don't want to bring that into your next relationship. Um, You also don't want to be in such a vortex of negative energy about your ex that you sit on dates and you're like, oh, so guess what he did today? Like, no. Because also when that is your energy, you actually get consumed by it and sucked into it. When you don't give it the time of day, you watch things turn and change. It's just, it's unbelievable. So it's really important to take time. You don't need to rush into anything again. You're not missing out. You're not getting too old. There's there's none of that. Take your time. And when you feel ready, you know, you don't have to rush into anything. If something doesn't feel right, believe it. Trust it. If there's one lesson I can give you, is when something feels off, trust that feeling, right? Listen. Is that person sitting at the table and wanting to know nothing about you and only talking about themselves? You know, there's all these little things now that you're like, okay, I'm aware. I'm aware. Are they doing something wrong and apologising? Great. 
that is a great sign. Don't expect no one to say something in anger. I've done it. You know, take accountability, those sorts of things. Be aware. I think there are so many things that you can teach us. Where can our listeners connect with you? How can they get in touch? I know that you have some incredible freebies over on your website as well. I'd love it if you could tell our listeners all about Grey Rock Consulting. Yes, I'd love to. So um, you can get more information on the website, which is greyrockconsulting.com.au or on my Instagram page, which is greyrockconsulting.com absolutely jump on and sign up for the checklist. I've created an ultimate checklist when you're communicating with them because there are certain steps that you must take every single time until they become second nature. Uh, And then you'll start to see how things shift and change. So absolutely grab that. Um, You can also book in with me one-on-one and we work through whatever the particular issue is that you're navigating. And you can do that through my website as well. My real passion in all of this is you know, I've experienced it on so many fronts. I've actually put these things into practice and they work. So I know what it feels like. I know how rocky and bumpy it is. And I also know that it's incredibly difficult to do by yourself, especially if you don't have people around you who get the personality. So, you know, get the support, get the people. I want to be in a position where anyone dealing with this never needs to speak to me again is my goal. And it sounds terrible, but it's like I want to empower every single person so that they're like, got it, life is different, off I go, watch me shine. Because everyone deserves to be free of manipulation and control and to live a great life. Um, But I would say as well, there is a lot of helpful information out there and knowledge is power once you understand who you're dealing with. But what I really focus on is, the how there's you know how to be a gray rock how to be a yellow rock because there's two types of rocks um the how is the hardest part so that's I'm so passionate about it yeah absolutely and it is it's so challenging and you know you can google these things and you can read the top 10 tips at a surface level but it Mm. is it's the actual how because you go oh cool I understand the concept I understand to be a gray rock I understand what that means but literally, what do I do when my ex is doing X, Y, Z? How do I respond when my impulse is to do, you know, whatever it might be? So I think it's an incredible service that you're offering. And I'm Thank just you. so happy to know that you're out there and you're doing this for women. And oh my Thank gosh, you. if I could turn back time, I would have had you on speed dial years ago. Right. right? It's just, we've all, we've... I was going to say we all needed me, which sound that sounds narcissistic. We all need me. Um, sorry. Uh, but, you know, I've definitely had stages where I needed me and I just know what it's like and I just know that it works. And who doesn't want to be out of this? Everyone does. So, you know, empower yourself, get the support and do it. Start changing things. Thank you so much for your time. I'll make sure we have direct links to your website, to your Instagram. And again, thanks so much for everything that you're doing and the wisdom you've shared with me today. Thank you. Before you go anywhere, I just wanted to mention that if you happen to be going through a breakup or you've recently gone through a separation or you're considering going through a separation, you really need to take a look at surviving separation. It is a program I created because I I know what it is like to feel like your whole world 
is coming apart. And there were so many elements of my own separation that I wish I knew and understood and had support for, like just in terms of going through the actual legal side of things, the practical side of things with co-parenting, supporting kids, supporting myself, going through that real loss of identity. So as I moved through my separation and I got to a point where I felt like I had some wisdom to share, I reached out to some of the best in the business. I'm talking therapists, divorce coaches, lawyers, and I invited them to contribute to create surviving separation. It is going to be your best friend if you are going through a breakup. And if you enjoy podcasts, you're going to love Surviving Separation because it comes with seven hours of audio. And I know that when I was going through a really hard time, it helped. It really helped to listen to other people's stories, other people's words of wisdom, just to know that I wasn't alone and that everything I was experiencing was valid and it would eventually pass. So we have a discount code for you to access Surviving Separation. You will receive it instantly. It's a beautiful program. As I mentioned, you've got your audio element as well. So head to thefray.com, F-R-A-E.com. Details are in the show notes and use our code IM, all in capitals, for 20% off today. Definitely check it out because going through a separation is soul-destroying sometimes, and I hate to say it, but it is. And Surviving Separation was created so that you could feel supported and seen and have a bit of a roadmap through the really tricky times ahead. So that discount code again is IM for 20% off Surviving Separation. If you know a girlfriend who is going through it, perhaps reach out and let her know. Today's podcast episode was recorded on the land of the Bunjalung Nation. In the spirit of reconciliation, we acknowledge the traditional custodians of country throughout Australia and their connections to land, sea and community. We pay our respect to their elders past and present and extend that respect to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples today. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.